Saints. Day 32. And I greet you all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You know, this morning, while watching the morning service with Pastor Raphael, something strange, rather, let me not say strange, but something peculiar took place. Now, while I was listening and watching, I was moved in my spirit. And for the most part of the day, I, I did not understand the cause or the reason for this feeling. But I was moved. And I said to Pastor Raphael, you know, I was moved not only by the, the message, but it was almost as though there was there was something behind the message. And that feeling stayed with me throughout the whole day. I went out to run some errands. I came back and I just told my wife, I just want to lay down a bit. And I woke up probably after 45 minutes and I started preparing uh, myself for the service. And then I realized what was really happening. You know, while Pastor Raphael was ministering, the Lord gave me a burden. He gave me a burden and it is while I was preparing that I understood what the burden was for. And before we share the message that I was given for God's people tonight, I, I want to share with you why the Spirit gave and laid this burden on me. If you would turn to Luke chapter 22, Luke chapter 22, uh, am I audible? I'm audible? <laughs> because I don't hear myself now, so that's why it feels uh, out of the ordinary because I'm used to that, but it's fine. Luke chapter 22. So we must understand that just because the Lord uh, has been working throughout these 40 days in the camp meeting, we must not also be ignorant of the fact that Satan has been equally energetic and equally working in these 40 days. And he has a plan. As much as God has a plan 
for us the wicked one also has a plan and that plan is contrasted and contradictory to the plan of God and you know like Paul says we are not ignorant of Satan's devices we should not be ignorant we should not be ignorant of the devices of Satan no because it is very difficult if one is not being developed in the word to discern the operations of Satan and you might find yourself uh, influenced unknowingly by one of his many tactics many strategies in order to try and sway us from the intended purposes of God so it's important that we should not be ignorant especially at this time of the strategy of Satan and the Lord has revealed a strategy that he is using at this time uh, but we'll talk about that in a in a few minutes but I just want us to 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 look at something uh, in Luke chapter 22 uh, verse number verse 31 Luke 22 verse 31 and the Lord said Simon Simon maybe we should read it in context to see what was really going on here all right verse 24 but now there was also a dispute among them as to which of them should be considered the greatest so they were discussing among themselves who should be regarded as the greatest i mean what have they done what is what have they done so there was something spiritual that was going on here it was not normal what was happening here was not normal it was not like a conversation that you would have with friends it was out of the ordinary so they saying that you know they were disputing this was an argument now they are they are arguing in the midst of jesus so they they went on a run in the presence of jesus about who among them should be called or considered the greatest so they have or there was seemingly a satanic invasion within jesus disciples who is the greatest so they were striving they were quarrelsome who is the greatest so one was saying no i'll be i should be considered the greatest because when we went there i did this and this and that and this and he said to them jesus and he said to them the kings of the gentiles exercise lordship over them and those who exercise authority over them are called benefactors but not so among you on the contrary 
He who is greatest among you, let him be as the younger, and he who governs as he who serves. For who is greater, he who sits at the table or he who serves? Is it not he who sits at the table, yet among you as the one who serves? But you are those who have continued with me in my trials, and I bestow upon you a kingdom, just as my Father has bestowed one upon me, that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom, and sit on thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. So, so now you can follow the context. Then he says, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon. So Jesus is talking. Realize what is going on here. They are sitting, and the disciples were having the argument, the discussion. And then Jesus interjects them, and he begins to explain really the, 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 the way of greatness in the kingdom. This is not like what you think. And then while he's talking, he interjects his communication. He, he's telling them, I've bestowed up, because you have followed me in my trials, I've bestowed in you a kingdom, just as my father has bestowed upon me a kingdom, and you will sit with me and eat with me at, at my table in my kingdom, and so forth. Then he turns and says, Simon, Simon, Indeed, Satan has asked for you. I, I want to read this in, in, in the King James. I want to read this in the King James. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired you. Satan has desired you. Now, it, it is very strange when you look at the Greek of that word that Jesus used, desire. It only appears once in that form. So it is an extrapolation of two separate Greek words. But Jesus joins these two words to make this one word, desire. So as to communicate what really Satan was asking for. Because the word in that form means to demand, means to crave for. So Jesus was saying to Peter, Satan is craving for you. Satan has demanded you from me. He says, Satan, Satan has desired to have you. In other words, he was, Satan had come to Jesus for Peter. He had asked permission because of his desire. So Satan had a craving, had a desire to bring Peter under his power. He wanted to have Peter. This denotes an ownership. You see, like, like what God gave to Satan over Job, God said, behold, everything that he has is in thy power. And then the second time he says, he is in your power only. Do not take his life from me. So Satan was asking Jesus for that very same thing. 
And he's letting Peter know that in the realm of the spirit, there has been discussions that Satan has been holding with Jesus concerning Peter. And he says, Satan has desired you, has craved for you, has demanded for you. He's letting Peter know that his behavior sometime when he went off the rails, it was because there's been a desiring. Why did Satan desire Peter? Why did he want Peter so much? Remember, it was Peter that Jesus blessed with the revelation of building the church. So Peter had received a prophetic word that through the revelation he received, in other words, Peter would be instrumental in the what? In the establishment of that prophetic word. And because of the destiny that was upon Peter on the basis of the prophetic revelation that Jesus brought to him, he became a target for Satan. He became a target. For I feel the glory of God come upon me so strong. It says, Peter, Peter, Simon, Simon. He doesn't even call him Peter. He calls him Simon. He says, Satan has desired to have you. That he might sift you. Look at it. That he might sift you. Oh my goodness. Glory to God. He said he has desired to have you. Oh Lord Jesus. That he may sift you as wheat. What is, what is Jesus saying to Peter here? What is Jesus saying to Peter here? What is Satan wanting to do with Peter? He says he wants to sift you, he wants to shake you. He wants to shake you. That's, that's why he wants you. That's why he has come to ask you from me. Because he wants to shake you. He wants to sift you as the wheat. You are targets. The prophetic word and the prophetic promise of God over your life has made you a target. Now more so as you near its fulfillment. And Satan will stop at nothing to use every resource, every vessel at his disposal to derail you from the purpose and from the intentions of the Spirit of God in your life. You are a target. Satan has desired you. Satan wants to sift you. And I understood by the Spirit of God why this burden came on me. Why the burden of the Spirit of God came on me in the way that it came on me. Because I was moved. I was moved. I was moved.
You know, I, I told Pastor Rafa, I moved. I moved. The words that were coming through, I was moved. This, it was like the Spirit of God, as those words were coming, was laying a burden on me. And only when I began to prepare for, the, for, for tonight, I, I began to realize why. Because the Lord gave me the scripture. To let you know that Satan, Satan has desired you. But listen to Jesus. Oh, lethage de legadre, dengo lo throno tongre bradai. Listen to Jesus. But I have prayed for you. Listen to the response of Jesus to the desire of Satan. He says, I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. I have prayed for you, Peter, that your faith should not fail. That your faith should... Listen to what Jesus is praying for. He's not praying that Satan should not have you. He's not praying because it, it, it looks to me that it seems like Jesus has given Satan the permission. Mm. That in, 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 in the unveiling, in the, in the, in the revelation of, of Jesus making known to Peter what Satan is, is desiring from him, Jesus is not saying, I have stopped him. Jesus is not saying, I have denied him you. He's not saying that. Jesus is saying, I have prayed for you. The implications there is that Jesus has given Satan permission to do what he wants. Jesus is not stopping Satan from doing what he wants because he can't stop him. The divine law of the spirit says you can't stop. Once a word is given, Satan is automatically permitted to play within your environment. This is one of the reasons why the serpent was in the garden. This is one of the reasons why when the spirit came on Jesus and the voice from heaven came upon Jesus, Satan was permitted to try. Remember, the word of the Lord must be tried. It was tried seven times. So the trying of the word is the purification of the word, the perfection of the word of God in your life. So Jesus is letting Peter know that Satan is after you. You have become a target in the spirit for Satan. And Satan wants to sift you. He wants to shake you as the chaff, as the wheat. But what I'm going to do for you is that I am not going to stop Satan from doing what he wants. What I'm going to do for you is that I'm going to pray for you that your faith should not fail. Faith in what? Faith in what I have said. Faith in what I have spoken. Faith in what I have promised. Faith in the prophetic revelation of God in your life. Faith in your destiny. Faith in what I have called you to become. I will pray that your faith do not fail. Because when you have returned to me, that means Satan will have his way. 
But when you have returned to me, it, that's why God did not deny Job from Satan. It was about the trying of faith, the testing of faith. So he says, I have prayed for you. And there are some of you, beloved, oh my God, you have fallen under satanic traps. <laughs> Satan has held you in his trap. But he prays. That your faith should not fail. And says, when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. When you have returned, establish your brethren. What was Jesus telling him? You're going to fall. You're going to fall. You're going to fall. And why was Jesus saying this? Was he saying that because Peter was going to fall? Or was he saying that, you see, there's something about prophecy. And, and, and especially when it comes to cautionary prophecy. A prophecy that cautions you. That, that the intention of God for cautioning you, the intention of God for warning you, is so that you can avoid it. But there is something, there is some folly within every human being. You know, that even though God may warn us of certain things that are going to befall us, they'll still happen. Because people have a way or a tendency of, of, of justifying their lack of esteeming the word of God. So it's either this or that or that. They've, they use it as an excuse to not esteem or not prioritize the word of God. Because even though Jesus made known to Peter what is Satan's plan against him, Peter still fell into that trap. Even after Jesus advised him what he should do, he said, pray that he enter not into temptation. Pray that ye enter not into temptation. Pray that ye enter not into temptation. That means that prayer is one of the strategies for helping us not only in the times of temptation, but also to avoid temptations. So prayer is one way of preserving the word of God. And not just any prayer, but intercessory prayer. So this burden that the Spirit of God has laid upon me, it, it, it's intercessory in nature. It's like the Spirit of God is saying, now that my word is given, my instructions are given, now that the promises are made known, the impartations, the confirmations of my word are given. Intercede. Intercede. So for these next seven days, I will be interceding for God's people. That their faith should not fail. That your faith should not fail. 
that your faith should not fail. Faith in what was spoken. Faith in what was promised. Faith in what was revealed. Because it's possible to see all the signs and still not believe. To hear all the words and still not believe. Just pray. Pray. So I'm entering into a special season of prayer for God's people that their faith should not fail. That even though the word of God in their lives be tried, they come out victorious, they overcome. Because you're going to need to overcome. You're going to have to overcome. Now I understand why the Lord brought forth the, the revelation he has through Pastor Raphael about, about praise. About singing songs. There's a reason why. It was a weapon. It was a weapon. It was a weapon against the final, the final, listen to me, the final strategy of Satan. To ensure that the word of the Lord does not yield or does not uh, bring forth any produce in your life. I, I understand it clearly now. I see it clearly now. It was a strategy of the Spirit of God. That revelation, you know, that revelation is so, is so profound. It's so powerful. It is, it is a weapon. Against the final onslaught. The final satanic strategy. To stop you. From being a benefactor of the word of the Lord. Because the Lord said to me this morning. He says my people are suffering from anxiety. They are suffering from the anxiety of how I will fulfill my word. Most of them is not doubt, it's anxiety. Their minds are preoccupied with what is my responsibility. Their minds are full of theories, full of possible outcomes. The things that are not their responsibility. Their minds are anxious. That is a thorn, beloved. Remember, the last strategy of Satan in phase, before you enter phase four, phase three, it is not only the deceitful, deceitfulness of riches, but cares for other things, anxiety about other things. And in this Time, Satan has tempted you to be anxious about the word of the Lord. To be anxious about how, when, how, by who, it's, when it, whereas it's, that's not your responsibility. That is the responsibility of God. He says you will sleep and rise and you will not know how. That is to tell you that it is not your concern. 
It's not your occupation to worry about how the word that God said is going to come to pass in your life. And that anxiety to worry, that anxiety to preoccupy your mind with that is actually what is derailing you from the purposes, the intentions, and the word of the Lord from being successful in your life. Anxiety is a powerful weapon in the artillery of Satan. It is a powerful weapon. It was anxiety that caused Abraham to try and Sarah to try and bring the word of the Lord to pass in their own strength. It was anxiety. And what they produced still haunts Israel, God's promises today. Let's read it, let's read it, let's read it. Glory to God. Glory to God. Mm, Genesis. Genesis. Chapter 18, chapter 16. This was just after the encounter, or rather, not even just, but after God had given Abraham, the sign of the covenant. He had given him a revelation that his descendants would not only be great on the earth, but he had laid out the purpose, the future of his descendants. And this is the temptation that after God has spoken to try and bring to pass by our own strength, by our own wisdom, the word that God has spoken. And this was no different from the father of faith. That even after he saw God, even after he was shown a revelation of the future, even after God made the covenant with him, he still tried. He was tempted because of anxiety of how, seeing that we are old, seeing that we are past the age of bearing, how is this thing going to come to pass? How is God going to do this? Because Sarah was barren. Abraham, the Bible tells us that he was past the age of bearing. And if you read chapter 6, verse 1, you will realize that anxiety, when anxiety rules, we start making desperate decisions, desperate choices. And those are the choices that Satan wants us to make because he will inspire us to make them. Because you want this thing to be fulfilled now. Now, Lord, it must be fulfilled now. When you are anxious, you are jittery, you are not in a place of rest. You are not in a place of rest. And nothing from the Lord can come to pass, can take fruition in your life if you are not in a place, in a state of rest. Everything in God is produced from that state. You are like the disciples in the perturbing of the boat, but Jesus is sleeping. Wondering, Lord, carest thou not that we are perishing? Don't you see that the waters are entering the boat? Don't you see that we are about to sink? Don't you see? Don't you see? Don't you see? He is sleeping. Now Sarah, Abraham's wife, had borne him no children. And she had an Egyptian maid servant whose name was Agar. 
So Sarah said to Abraham, See now, the Lord has restrained me from, yet God told him, yet God told him, God told him. Read chapter 15, God told him. Chapter 15, verse 4, And behold, the word of the Lord came to me, came to him saying, This one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. God told him. And now because the wife is anxious, the wife is trying to improvise on the word of the Lord, trying to make improvisions on what God said. No, there's another way we can do this thing. You see, beloved child of God, in life, there are many ways to do things. There are many ways to climb a mountain. There are many ways to reach certain objectives. There are many ways in this life. And if you don't realize it, you might find yourself trying to do the word or trying to fulfill or make a reality the word of God in your life using human resources, using human wisdom. Some of you are so desperate for money, you are fighting with every single person around you. Because your gaze is not on the Lord, is not on his word. The Lord will have no mercy on anybody that does not esteem or highly regard his word. There is no mercy. Because when the word of God comes to us, we are given the opportunity to side with the Lord. Who is on the side of the Lord? Choose ye this day. So Sarah said, here's, here's Hagar. Because the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. Please go into my maid. Perhaps I shall obtain children by her. Listen to what she's saying. Perhaps. Perhaps. Perhaps the Lord will bring his word to pass this way. Perhaps. Trying to make improvision on God's word. You will corrupt your aeon. You will corrupt the promises of God. Once you begin moving that way, you are moving in the flesh. And there is no man who ever made his dealings in the flesh against the devil and won. There is none. There is none who, who ever operated on the platform of the flesh and ever succeeded. The Bible says, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. For the pulling down of strongholds and every high thing that exalts itself above the knowledge of God. So if you want to fight Satan with fleshly means, you lose. Sarah was looking for a natural way, an easy way out, a shortcut. There's no shortcut with the Lord. 
There is no shortcut with the Lord. There is no easy way with the Lord. The way of the Lord is straight, is narrow, is hard. And the closer you get, the narrower it becomes, the straighter it becomes. Perhaps, perhaps I shall obtain children by her. And look at Abraham. Look at how folly he is. And Abraham heeded the voice of Sarah. And Abraham heeded the voice of Sarah. So, verse 4, he went into Hagar and she conceived. Do you see that? What is this revealing? It's revealing, number one, that the word of God had its way in, in Abraham. Because here, Abraham is able to what? When he had sexual intercourse with Hagar, she conceived. So this means at this point in time, the problem was not with Abraham, but the problem was with Sarah. But because Sarah was anxious, she started making decisions for God. She started improvising, finding hidden lines in the clothes. Perhaps I shall obtain. Did God say so? Glory to God. And you know what became of Ishmael in Israel. And you still know the story today. How Ishmael persecutes, persecute, uh, 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 persecutes uh, Israel. He was a son that was never supposed to exist. He was a seed that was never supposed to exist. Because now, this man that is sleeping with Hagar is a man that, has, that is in conception, that has the word of the Lord. Because the Bible says, from his loin shall kings come. So it was destined for Ishmael to become king. But he was not the son of promise. He corrupted the word of the Lord. Anxiety is death. Anxiety is chaos. Is chaos. Is death. And this is what's trying to attack and hijack your mind right now. And the more anxious you are, the less faith you have. The more anxious you are, the more you derail yourself from God's word ever coming to pass in your life. The Bible says, cast your cares upon him, for he careth for you. It says, cast, roll them over to you, to him. Roll over your anxiety, your, your anxiousness, your cares, your worries. Who of you, by being anxious, by worrying, can add a cubit to his life? Who of you can extend his lifespan by being anxious? Philippians chapter 4. 
nothing in our lives, not well when we're so close. Nothing in our lives should, should derail us. Nothing. Doesn't matter what it is. I told my wife to quit her job because I, I could see that it wasn't it wasn't the way. It wasn't it wasn't what God wanted for her at this time. It's not a season for 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 seeking other things than seeking what God has promised you. No, it's a sacrifice that she had to make in order to be fully present and fully participating. I asked you yesterday, what have you sacrificed for Jesus? What have you given up for Jesus? Philippians chapter 4. Hallelujah. 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 Be anxious for nothing. This, this word means merimano, but it comes from the Greek word merima. Merima. Merima carries the notion of distraction. So he says, whatever enters your frame of thinking, he says its goal is to distract you from what you should be focusing on. It is almost like the Greek word in Hebrews chapter 12 verse 3, aphorao, looking unto Jesus. It means to look away from that which is distracting. And set your gaze on Jesus. So he says, to be anxious means to be distracted. So he says, be anxious for nothing. In other words, don't care for anything. It is, it is translated in other, in other places as, take no thought. So he's telling us that it's not time for you to take other thoughts into your mind. To receive other thoughts into your mind. Because those thoughts are a distraction. I told you, you don't have enough power to fulfill God's word by your own strength. You can't. You can't. You cannot fulfill the word. The Bible says, until time came for the word to be fulfilled, he was tried. Let's read it. We'll come back here. Psalm 105. Sega tola pariana clap trots and ifrade. Psalm 105. Verse 19. Until the time that his word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. Until, in other words, from the time he had that dream to the time that word was fulfilled, he was tested. Until the word of the Lord came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. 
Who was testing him? He says, the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord tested him. If you study the, the life of Joseph, you will see the temptations, the trials, the tests that the word of the Lord brought into his life. The word of the Lord tested him until his word came to pass. Telling you that you will be tried. You will be tested until the fullness of time comes. And it's not, your, it's not your job. It wasn't Joseph's job to find out, to make it happen, how the stars, the moon, the sun was going to bow down to him. It wasn't his job. His job was to follow. Was the, the Bible says that he, he, he did was, what was right in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord was with him. His job was to uphold the integrity of God, the integrity of the word, to fear God in private, in public. And it was God's job to see to it that what he showed him, what he promised him, would come to pass. I mean, when God gives me a prophetic word about a nation, I'm not going around, uh, if, if maybe he's giving me a word about a nation, I'm not going around trying to convince uh, all the presidents. I'm not going around trying to convince every person that is at play in order for this prophecy to come to pass, to, to say, hey, there's a prophecy coming. You must fulfill it. It doesn't work that way. It happens of its own accord. It happens of its own. Now, when we receive private or, or personal prophecies, promises from the Lord, it's not our duty to try and figure out how, how is this thing going to happen. Our duty is to follow the instructions of God. That's why it is instruction that is the first place that deals with anxiety. People who are anxious are those who don't follow instruction. Because if you follow the instructions of God, you will not be anxious. You will not be tense. Because it is instruction that takes the role of figuring out how this thing is going to happen. Yeah. Let's go back to Philippians chapter 4. Be anxious for nothing. This is the word of the Lord. Be anxious for nothing. Take no thought, have no care for anything. Yeah, what am I going to eat? Yeah, how am I going to live? Yeah, how is this thing going to happen? Yeah, they've been talking, Pastor Raphael, uh, uh, Pastor Enoch, they've been talking, they've been saying this, that, this, that, this, this, this. So should I just sing? Should I just praise? Should I, should I just pray? Should I just lift my hands? And how, how, how is all this? Thing? Life doesn't work that way. They don't realize that life doesn't work that way. And it's so foolish. Those aren't your thoughts. What kind of pastors do you have? What kind of preachers are these? What are you doing? You are taking thought. Where are you taking those thoughts from? Because you are surely not taking those thoughts from Jesus. Because Jesus gave you instructions. Jesus gave you instructions. Jesus gave you his word. Jesus gave you the way of fulfilling his word. So the thoughts that are entering you, that you are taking in, where are they coming from? 
So it shows that thoughts that are contrary to the word of God are, are, are there to hijack. They are there to take over your mind, thus seizing the producing power from the word of God. And the scriptures tell us, take no thought for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. But in prayer, or but in everything, by prayer and supplication. By prayer and supplication. The word there is prosuke. You know what prosuke means? You know what prosuke means? <laughs> Let's read it. Let's read it. Uh, Matthew chapter 15. Prosuke comes from the word prosukamai. And I will show you what prosukamai means. How to avoid being anxious. Pastor Raphael has been preaching this thing. My God, the anointing of God. Chapter 15, it's speaking about the Syrophoenician uh, woman that came to Jesus from Sidon. They came, uh, daughter was grievously vexed with the devil and so forth, right? And Jesus did not answer her anything. And then Jesus said, uh, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel and so forth. Verse 25. He says, then she came and did what? And what? You see, that word is a very, is a very saucy word. It's a very raw word. Prosecchino. It is, it is a word from the same family of prosuchio, my and prosuchio. That word to, to worship actually means it carries the notion of a dog leaking the hand or the feet of its master. To kiss, to lay down, to worship. So this woman worshipped him. He worshipped him. So if, 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 if we go back to uh, 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 verse, verse chapter uh, 6 of Philippians chapter 4, you could read this, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by worship. By worship. You see that? By worship and supplication with thanksgivings. With thanksgivings. Why thanksgivings? Without thanksgivings, you cannot penetrate the realm of the spirit. The spirit realm opens to those with hearts of great gratitude and thanksgiving. You see, if you are not grateful and you don't have thanksgiving in your heart, the spirit realm will never open to you. Men who, who, who don't give thanks are never filled with the Spirit. Okay. Uh, let's read. It says, 
you make your request known to God, yes. He says, but with thanksgivings and with worship and with supplication. So worship, thanksgivings are instrumental, not only for the eradication of anxiety, but in the what? In bringing into manifestation the requests. And if you flip it on God's side, you will say the promises of God. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, the Bible tells us not to be drunk with wine, but to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And the Bible tells us how. He says, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, right? Verse 20. This is still the way to fill ourselves with the Holy Ghost. It says, Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Pastor Raphael dealt with that extensively. But I want to show you verse 20. Read verse 20. Giving thanks. So let's remove, for the sake of, 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 of what we want to communicate, let's remove verse 19. And let's put verse 20 before verse 19. But be filled with the Spirit, giving thanks always. So how are we going to be filled by, by the Spirit? He says, giving thanks always. How are we going to be filled by the Spirit? Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus. Father, I thank you. You fulfilled your word. I thank you that you are faithful. I thank you that you are God and you provide. I thank you, dear God, that none of your words ever fail. I thank you that you are not a man that you should lie. I thank you that I'm well taken care of. I thank you that I'm a sheep led by the shepherd. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. He says, giving thanks always for all things. In, 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 in King James, says, in everything. In everything. He says, be filled by the Spirit, giving thanks. Giving thanks. Oh, my God. My God, my God, my God. You see, you see, instead of being anxious, what do you do? You give thanks. What do you do? You praise. What do you do? You sing songs. What do you do? You sing to your heart. Instead of filling your thoughts with junk of how this and that is going to happen. No, that's not your job. It's the job of the angels. Are they not all ministering spirits sent to minister for those who shall be heirs of salvation? It's not your job to concern yourself about how the word of God is going to come to pass. No, your job, your duty is to believe, is to embrace God's word and follow the instructions that come with the word of God and then give thanks and then praise to feel what, this is what the Bible says. It says, fill yourself with the Holy Ghost, not God filling you. It says, fill yourself. In other words, the key to open heavens, the key to the opening of the spirit realm or the possibilities of that dimension. He says, you must learn these things. <sighs> Hallelujah. First Peter. No, no, uh, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. 
Beloved, it's time to sing. It's time to give thanks. It's time to praise God. It's time to dance. It's time to go crazy in the Lord. It's time to go out of your mind. You've been too much in your mind. You've been too much caged in, locked in. And the Spirit of God is showing us ways to come out of our minds. He says, how are you going to come out of your mind? He says, worship. How are you going to come out of your mind? Give thanks. How are you going to come out of your mind? Sing. How are you going to come out of your mind? Dance. That's how you come out of your mind. Hebrews chapter 13. We've been talking to you about sacrifices. Sacrifices. Praise is a sacrifice. Thanksgiving is a sacrifice. Worship is a sacrifice. See, there are things you do beyond money. Things you do with your body. Things you do with your spirit. These are sacrifices. The Bible tells us in Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15, it says, Therefore, therefore by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. Continually. Offer the sacrifice of praise. What is the sacrifice of praise? He describes this. He says that is the fruit of our lips. Giving thanks to his name. What is the sacrifice of praise? The fruit of our lips. Giving thanks to his name. Jesus, I thank you that your name is great. I thank you that your name has all authority. I thank you that your name has all power. Your name shakes the nations. I thank you that your name brings the provisions. Your name, I thank you, brings the word to pass. I thank you, Jesus. That is the sacrifice of praise. Is the sacrifice of praise. Giving thanks with the fruit, the fruit of your lips. Giving thanks to his name. But do not forget to do good and share. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Have you been praising God? Have you been giving him thanks? Or have you been questioning him, barraging him with doubtless, anxious questions of unbelief? Your prayers have been filled with, oh God, how is this going to happen? Oh God, oh God, oh God, why? Oh God, help, oh God, this, oh God, oh God, oh God. No, 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 no. You are going nowhere slowly, beloved. You are going nowhere slowly. If you want to make any inroads into the spirit, into the fulfillment of God's word, you better start praising. You better start singing. You better start offering to God the sacrifices of praise. Otherwise, you go nowhere. You go nowhere. Psalm. God has been giving us a weapon all this time. The book of Psalm 100.
hadi atakayo. Verse 1. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Serve the Lord. Are, are you serving the Lord with gladness? Is there gladness in your heart? Is your service to God filled with gladness? Filled with gratitude? He says, come before his presence, not with complaining. Come before his presence, not with anxiety. Come before his presence, not with worry. Come before his presence, not with unbelief. Come before his presence, not with evil reports. Come before his presence, not with all this junk, but come before his presence with singing. With singing. With singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. He says, how are you going to come to the point where your consciousness of God is so enlarged that you realize that, hey, I don't, this worrying, this anxious anxiety of mine is very useless because God is God. He says, singing in his presence will enlarge your consciousness of him. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. It is God who has promised you. It is God who has spoken his word over your life. You did not ask him. You did not beg him. So you have, no, you have no reason what to barrage him now. He says, know that the Lord is God. He has made you and we not ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Verse 4. Enter into his gates. Enter into his gates. Into his gates. So the gates of the spirit are only opened by one method. Not prayer. Windows, the Bible lets us know how windows are open. He said, bring ye tithes and offerings. Gates are opened by another way. He says, enter into his gates. So gates in the spirit. If you want the gates of provision, the gates of prosperity, the gates of fulfilled promises to enter, to enter into those gates. He says, you're going to have to learn. Do you have to go? Oh, Lord. You're going to have to learn thanksgiving. You're going to have to learn to todah God. You're going to have to learn to todah, to praise God with thanks. Just enter his gates with thanksgiving. In other words, no one is given access. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter whether you are a singer, you have a beautiful voice, a squeaky voice, a, 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 a terrible voice. He said, if you want to enter into his gates, if you want the gates to open, he says, you're going to have to learn to todah God. You're going to have to learn to, to, to give God thanksgiving, to give God praise with thanksgivings. And he says, enter into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Be thankful to him and bless his name. His name. This is something I learned a long time ago. To give God thanks. To give God praise. To sing. 
If you maintain such a posture in the spirit, the turbulences of the sea will not, will not move you. You will sleep in the mist, in the mist of the turbulences. You will sleep. In the midst of the tossing of the waves, you will sleep. In the midst of the shaking of Satan, you will sleep. You will not be bothered. Why? Because you have enlarged your consciousness of God. He said, my people are afflicted with anxiety. You are afflicted with anxiety. And if, and if, and if thanksgiving and praise open gates of the spirit, anxiety and worry open gates of the of hell. If the gates of heaven, the gates of the Lord are open with thanksgiving and praise, that means the gates of hell can prevail and are given power over you through anxiety, worry, and all these other things. So you are opening wrong gates for yourself. Through your anxiety, you are opening wrong gates. Gates of unfulfillment. Gates of delay. Gates of derailment. Gates of darkness and blindness and confusion. You are opening them for yourself. And God is not to blame when the appointed time comes and you are not there. He's not to blame. It is you. Yeah. It is you trying to be like Sarah, trying to improvise what, on, on God's word. Trying to fill in where you think God is lacking. Why? Anxiety. Anxiety will make you trip. Anxiety is a snare. But we have already given you the cures. The cures have already been given to you. Messages like sing to your heart that the heart may bring forth. Thanksgiving. Those are sacrifices. God, I praise your name. Because you are good. God, I praise your name. Because you never fail. I praise your name. Not sitting like sitting like a man who's been beaten by life. Stressed. Because you are trying to take God's part. You are not God. You are the object. You are the subject of fulfillment. You are not God. Do your part and leave the rest to God. Do your part. Oh. Let's read. Let's read Habakkuk. Let's read Habakkuk. Habakkuk chapter 3. You see, there's a certain, there's a certain mindset you must have about God. You see, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were not 
saved were not delivered because they thought uh, God was going to deliver them. The, 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 the notion of God delivering them was not the point they were trying to make. The notion that they were, they were trying to make was that we will not bow, we will not compromise our faith for anything. Whether or not God delivers us is besides the point. That is the posture they took. You must be of that, that whether or not God fulfills his word or not is besides the point. It doesn't matter. But what I will not do is buckle. What I will not do is dance to the tune of Satan. What I will not do is doubt what God said. Whether or not this thing happens now, happens tomorrow, happens in the next five years, it makes no difference. Because God is able. And God has a track record. He never fails. So we, we have this thing of, 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 of putting a gun to God. Every time it seems like what he says doesn't come to pass. We have this thing of, of, of putting God on trial. Giving God ultimatums. God, if you don't fulfill your word, I'm telling you I'm done. If you don't do this thing for me, after what I've done for you, God, I'm finished. Me and you, it's over. As if like God owes you anything. What does God owe you? What does God owe you? You owe God everything. Yeah. You owe God every single thing. God does not owe you anything. It is his mercy that is, he's revealing to you by making promises to you, uh, of his word to you. It is his mercy. It's not that you have done anything. The Bible says we, like sheep, have all gone astray. It's seeking his own way. Nobody's seeking the things that are of the Lord's. That God is now trying to bring you in to a place where his word in your life becomes a reality. It's not that God owes you anything. And this is what you must realize. This is what you must realize. That your duty is not to concern yourself with the outcome. Your duty is to concern yourself with the process of God's leading. Yeah, what if? What if? It doesn't matter what if. So if God doesn't fulfill his word, are you going to backslide? If God doesn't do what you expected him to do, are you, what are you going to do? Are you going to team up with Satan? Are you going to start compromising? Stop that thing of giving God ultimatums. Stop that thing of putting a knife to God's throat. You're not God. You're not God. You are his servant. You are his children. Follow the Lord. That's your business. Follow the Lord. That's your business. And follow the instructions his servants give to you. Just do it. Just do it. Let's read Habakkuk chapter 3. Verse 17. Hallelujah. Though the fig tree may not blossom, 
nor fruit be on the vines. Though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yields no food. Though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Is that the position you have taken? Or is, is the position you have taken, if, if what these guys have prophesied in my life does not happen in the next six months, I'm done with these churches. I'm done. Is that the posture you have taken? You will, never, you will never see fulfillment in your life. Never. You will ne Trust me, you will never. If that is the position you hold in your heart, you will never see God's, God's promises in your life. Listen to the cogitations of this man. He says, though the labor of the olives fail, he says, I will rejoice. Though there be no fruit that the fields yields, I will still praise God. I will join the God of my salvation. Not because of an inability on God's side. But because my joy and my serving God is not dependent, is not based on anything he does or anything that happens. My obedience is, is unreserved. Remember, God knows our hearts. Remember that God knows our hearts. There is nothing we can hide from God. So he knows when you really, you are really not in this thing. He knows it. Forget anxiety. Forget anxiety. Begin offering the sacrifice of praise. Begin offering the sacrifices of praise. You know, every instruction that we could give you for the fulfillment and manifestation of the word of God in your life has been given. Do you know that? Do you know that? It has been given. It has gone out. Depending on, on how invested you are in God, that's what will determine the outcome. Satan has desired you. But I have prayed for you. I have prayed for you. I have prayed for you. Now I know that we are in the final phases. You know when the Spirit of God is, is, is commanding, demanding intercession, you know. You know. You know. That something is about to manifest. I want you to repent right now in your heart against 
going, I mean, for going against the word of God, the instructions from the servant of God. I want you to repent for not praising God, for not giving God thanks, for not offering sacrifices of praise unto the Lord, for allowing anxiety to hijack your soul, worry. The Bible says he has not given us a spirit of timidity, not given us a spirit of fear, no power and love and of a sound mind. And that's what you need now, a sound mind. And you're going to have to repent for allowing Satan to use you. He's not mindful of the things of God. Remember, Satan, 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 Satan is clueless about the things of God. He's clueless. No man knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Satan is clueless about the things of God. The least he could do is he, he, could, he can assume and throw anxiety away. But tell yourself, I will not have it. I will rejoice in my God. I will join the God of my strength. Because at the end of the day, it's about His glory, not you. It's about His glory, not you. God is adamant about glorifying Himself and glorifying His Word in your life. He is adamant. More adamant than we can ever imagine. He is adamant. He is adamant. At the end of the day, if, if all that we have said does not happen, who, who, will, who, would be, who would be a fool? Us? No, it's not our names that is at stake. It's God's name. Because all we've been doing is we've been, we've been preaching from a book. We've been teaching from the book. It's not things that we have made up in our minds. No, all these things have been here in the book. So whatever is here is not our integrity that's at stake. It's God's. And do you think God is not concerned about his integrity? Is not concerned about his word? No, he is. A million times more than me and you could ever be. So right where we are right now, begin lift up your hands to the Lord. First, begin to apologize and repent to the Lord. for going against his word and the instructions of the servant of God. Right where you are. Hallelujah. For not praising him as you should, for not giving thanks to him as you should. Yes, you have closed the gates yourself. You have closed the gates yourself. Marigo godose ge de beredie de garode de 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 gevreshi de gibronda. Yes, andam brudui kiti bronje de vrende gedre giza. Sambrado ye ke prediva.
Shanda Motekeida Baragon Kasai Ilando Jala Transegredila Bronjekletresenda. Let the people of God begin to give thanks. Begin to offer sacrifices of praise with the fruit of your lips, not your mind, the fruit of your lips. Begin to offer thanks. Begin to offer thanks to his name. Begin to offer thanks to his name. Hallelujah. Begin to offer thanks to his name. Come on, offer thanks. That is the fruit of your lips. Yes, giving thanks to his holy name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. He told us, be not drunk with wine. Be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Ghost. Speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart unto the Lord. Yes, giving thanks always for everything in the name of Jesus Christ to the Father. Let praise, the sacrifice of praise, let it begin to rise. Let it begin to rise unto your God. Let it begin to rise to your God. Let it come from your heart. Let Satan know that though he has desired you, he will not have you. For your faith in the Lord is strong. Your faith in God is not shaken. For you give thanks. You are a praiser. You are a worshiper. You are a dancer. Hallelujah. You are a lover of God. Ima, you are a giver of thanks. You toda God. You yada God. Begin right now. Right now. With the food of your lips. With your body. Glebrut abrede gebredoye. Right there in your living room, right there in your bedroom, right there in your kitchen, begin to offer sacrifices of praise with the fruit of your lips. Yes, even with your body, megabone. If you can rise and begin to dance, if you can rise and begin to joy, yes, exalt in the God of your salvation, rejoice in your God, stand up and dance, move your body, move your lips. Declare praises to God. Declare praises to God. Come out of your mind, beloved. Come out of your mind. Come out of your mind. Now is that time. Come out. Come out. Chris, change atomic prayer. Come out of your mind. Come out of your mind. Come out of your mind. Give God the praise that is due to him. Right now, give him thanks for his word. Give him thanks for his strength and his power. Give him thanks for his ability. Give the Lord thanks. Give the Lord praise. Do not hold back anymore. Do not let your mind deceive you. Do not let your mind hold you back. Yes, employ. Employ the weapons. The weapons of our warfare. They are not carnal. It does not make sense. Yes, it does not make sense. Come out of your senses. Come out of your senses. Begin to praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Come on, Balaya. Sing if you can. Shout if you can. Shout 
if you can shout if you can menda brodoya megabonda sai melitosha mabrando for the prophet say there is no enchantment no divination against jacob yeah for the shout of a king is among them the shout of the king is among you shout unto the lord shout to his holy name shout unto his faithfulness shout unto his glorious power he's the almighty god the lord is god he's the god of gods he's the lord of lords he's the king of kings there's no one like him in all the heavens and the earth that's why we praise him he's our shepherd we are his people the sheep of his pasture and yes what he has spoken will come to pass what he has spoken will not fail for the lord is not a man that he should lie yes no is he the son of man that he should repent he is god is there anything too hard for god no there is nothing that's why we praise him for he's god above all gods yes praise him just like the Levites and the priests did Mashanda Magadie Mosanta Parigaya and declared that the Lord is good and His mercy, His mercy, His mercy endures forever. Yandola Sai. We praise you, God. We praise you. Though the labor of the olives do fail by fail, or the field yield not its fruit, we will still praise you. We will still rejoice in you. You have done more than enough in our lives. My God, we owe you a million and a billion praise, a billion thanks for your faithfulness, for your God. You are our salvation. You have been the God of our strength. We praise you. We praise you. We praise you. Yantole makamande rabadai. Run around that room. Run around that kitchen. Run around that bedroom. Run around the living room. Yes, let them hear you outside. Let them hear you that you are a God praiser, you are a God lover. Be like David, dance out of your mind, dance out of your mind. Let the devil know that you are a praiser, you praise God, make him jealous, make him jealous with your praise, make a boy, frustrate him with your praise. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah! Mandola parigagonga lahai. Come on, child of God. Come on, child of God. Praise him, praise him. Yes, for the fruit of your lips, tell him. Tell him how great he is. Tell him how awesome he is. Tell him how marvelous he is. Paul says to pray in the spirit is to give thanks well. Give thanks well. Speak in other tongues. Sing in other tongues. Give thanks well. Declare the wonders of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh God, you are faithful. Oh God, you are mighty. My God, we praise your holy name, the name above all name, the name that will bring his word to pass, the name that brought us the Holy Ghost, the name that brought us life, the name that gave us victory. Yes, no weapon today is formed against us because of your word, because of your word. Yes, we offer to you our sacrifice of praise. Yes, our sacrifice. We give thanks to the name of Jesus. We give thanks to the name of 
of God. What is the name of God? Is it not written? Is it not said that his name is the word of God? We give thanks to the word of God. We give thanks to the word. The word. The word spoken by the servants of God. The word spoken by the men of God. The word spoken by the spirit of God. The word spoken by Jesus Christ. The words. The words that are being fulfilled. The words that are being carried out by the angelic forces of God. We give thanks right now. Oh God, we praise you. Oh God, we worship you. Glory, glory, glory. Hey, yeah, 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 but about you. Elamanda Kabili, Ishalaya Balabai, Elamaila Kananaya, Elamaina Nanakaya, Shandala Lahaya, in Talagamania, in Ananahaya. You are faithful from generation to generation. You are faithful with Paul. You are faithful with the apostles. You are faithful with Moses. You are faithful with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You are faithful with David. You are faithful with yes, Solomon. You are faithful with all of them, oh God. And you are so faithful. And you will be faithful with my life. You will be faithful with our lives. Oh God, the faithful God, we die you. We die you. We order your name. Hallelujah. We order your name. We order your name. We order your name. Name. Glory, glory, glory. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord for all his benefits. Bless the Lord for his goodness and his grace. Bless the Lord for his kindness. He is worthy to be praised. He is worthy to be praised. We bless you, Holy Ghost. We bless you, Father. We bless you, dear Jesus. We bless you. Bless the Lord. Bless him. Bless him. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. My God, we bless you. Hallelujah, we bless you. You. Glory, glory, we bless you. Glory, glory, we bless you. Hallelujah. Hosanna. Hosanna to your name. Hosanna to your name. Hallelujah. Come on, praise the Lord. I said, dance. Move your body. Masai Gabrahanda. For he is worthy. He is worthy. <laughs> he is worthy to be praised. Oh, we play, le, le, le. we praise you, Lord. Oh, we praise you, Lord. Oh, we praise you, Lord. Oh, we praise you, Lord. For you are able. Yes, you are able. You are able. Nothing is too hard for you. Satan tried to have me. Satan tried to have us. My God, my God. But you kept us. You establish us in the faith. Glory, glory, glory. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. Beloved, continue to praise God. Even toward the end of this service, continue to praise Him. Continue to praise him, praise him. David said, I woke up in the night to watch this, that I might give you praise. That I might give you praise. He says, I praise you seven times in a day. I praise your name seven times. Continue to praise the Lord. Continue to praise the Lord. Praise him. Offer, 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 offer sacrifices. Sacrifices of praise. Father, we bless you. We bless you for your light. For in your light we see light. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Oh, we bless the Lord.
Praise the Lord. We will have seven days of intercessory prayer. Seven days of intercessory prayer. Where we will intercede. We will intercede. I will be doing this both privately and on the platform here live. But God is to be praised. His name is to be hallowed. He is to be worshipped and he is to be feared. And we thank you, dear God. We love you, dear Lord. We bless you, dear God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Good night, beloved. Continue to praise, continue to give thanks, continue to worship God. See you tomorrow, day 33. God bless you. Good night.